Hear the word of God from the book of John, chapter 20, verses 19 to 23, located on page 883 in the Pew Bible. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God. Thank you, Cole. The sermon this morning has been entitled Unlocking the Doors. Would you please pray with me? And now, O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Shoichi Yokoi spent 28 years of his life in prison. It wasn't a prison of bars and locks and guards, but a self-imposed prison of fear. He was a Japanese soldier on the island of Guam during World War II. When American forces landed on the island in 1944, he fled deep into the jungle and hid in a cave because he was afraid of being captured. He learned that the war was over by reading one of the thousands of pamphlets dropped into the jungle, but he was still afraid, not sure that the news could be trusted. And so for 28 years, he lived in his cave coming out only at night to forage and look for eels and rats and frogs and fruit on which he survived. Finally, in 1972, some natives of the island found him and managed to convince him that it really was all right for him to come out of his jungle prison of fear, to return home to family and friends. To live a normal life. Upon his return to Japan, he, he famously said, It is with much embarrassment, but I have returned. Now, we dare not judge Shoichi Yokoi too harshly. For in similar, albeit less dramatic ways, all of us at some point in our lives have occupied self-imposed prisons of fear. Because that's what fear does. It imprisons, it locks the doors, and locks us in. It's what happened to the disciples on that glorious day of resurrection. As John's gospel relates the story, the good news of resurrection was already a day old. That morning, Peter and John had seen the empty tomb with their own eyes. And the disciples had all heard the eyewitness testimony of Mary Magdalene when she told them, I have seen the Lord. 
The good news of resurrection was already a day old. But that evening we find the disciples not out on the streets sharing this wonderful news. No, we find them instead behind locked doors because they were afraid. They had seen what the powers were capable of doing. They had witnessed what had been done to their Lord at Golgotha, and they were afraid that they might be next. And so behind locked doors they gathered in a huddled heap of fear. That's where Jesus finds them. Behind the locked doors of their fear, he comes and stands among them in that place. And notice what happens. The very first word he speaks to his frightened followers is peace. Peace be with you, he says. And then he shows them his hands and his side. The risen Christ still bears in his body the marks of crucifixion. He knows all about the powers that his disciples fear. He carries the scars that testify that those powers are real, that the threat they represent is real. And so when he says, peace be with you, they are not the words of some naive optimist who's out of touch with the world and its fearsome ways. This is someone who knows. And then as if to underline his point, he says to them a second time, Peace be with you. If that's where the episode ended, it would be a wonderful story of the compassion of the risen Christ for his disciples, who finds them in their fear and speaks reassuring words of peace to them. And make no mistake, that's an essential part of the story. It's an essential part of the good news of Easter. How the risen Christ brings the assurance of his peace to those locked in prisons of fear. Whatever that fear may be, whatever your fear may be, Christ is here. And he's saying to you right now, peace be with you. Hear it. Feel it. Be comforted and strengthened by it. It's part of the good news. But friends, it is only part of the good news. Because that encounter between Jesus and his disciples doesn't end there. You see, immediately after speaking his reassuring word of peace over them a second time, he then goes on to say some uncomfortable and downright disturbing things to his disciples. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. 
This is where John takes Matthew's Great Commission and Luke's account of Pentecost and rolls them into one in a version all his own. It's Jesus entrusting the mission that the Father had given him to these fearful disciples. It's Jesus breathing his spirit into them and declaring that the ministry of forgiveness for which he had poured out his life now lay in their hands. There's an ancient legend about a conversation between the archangel Gabriel and the risen Christ after he had ascended to heaven. According to the legend, they were speaking about Jesus' earthly ministry and the work of the kingdom that he had initiated. Gabriel was asking what plans Jesus had made to ensure that this work that he had begun would continue. Jesus replied, well, I gathered around me a small group of disciples. For three years, we did everything together. They heard my teaching. They witnessed my miracles. They saw the example of my life. They experienced the power of God's kingdom breaking into the world. After my resurrection, I appeared to them and breathed on them the Holy Spirit, sending them even as the Father sent me. I have entrusted to them the good news of the forgiveness of sins. And not just to them, but to all those who will believe on account of their testimony. But Lord, Gabriel said, suppose they fail. Suppose they are silenced by their fear. Suppose they forget you and the message of your kingdom. What then? What other plan have you made as a contingency should this happen? And Jesus replied, there is no other plan. I'm counting on them. Which, if you think about it, doesn't make any sense at all. Unless Jesus truly believed that the story of the disciples' debilitating fear that had locked the doors and had locked the gospel in, that that story could be told in a new way. And it can. You see, Jesus doesn't just meet his disciples behind the locked doors of their fear. He brings with them with him the keys to unlock those doors and to unlock a new story for them. And he does so for us too. Go, he says with the help of my spirit in you and share this good news of forgiveness, the good news of resurrection. Share the story and the story will shape you. It will free you and your fear will imprison you no more. In Revelation 1 verse 18, we read these words of Jesus. Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last, the living one. I was dead and see, I am alive forever and ever. And I have the keys of death and death's domain. Friends, the promise of Easter is that the risen Christ comes with those keys to unlock the doors that hold us back 
so that we might live a different story. The question is, will you trust that that promise is true? Not in some abstract, theoretical way, in some kind of, well, you ought to believe this, but will you dare to believe that it's true for every situation of fear and anxiety and worry that potentially imprisons you today? There's a great story about two explorers who were on a jungle safari when suddenly a ferocious lion jumped out in front of them. Keep calm, whispered the first explorer. Don't move. Remember what we read in that book on wild animals. If you stand perfectly still and look the, the lion straight in the eye, he will turn and walk away. But the second explorer was already starting to back away slowly. And sure enough, he suddenly turned and bolted. And as he ran, he shouted back, over his shoulder to his companion, you've read the book and I've read the book, but has the lion read the book? <laughs> That's a bit like us. We, we know the theory. We've, we've read the book, as it were. But when it comes to living it in our lives, when it comes to living out the story, when it comes to facing up to the fearsome things that make us want to shrink away. Well, then there arise in us questions and doubts whether the promise of Easter can really be trusted. This, too, is part of the truth of, of the story of who we are. And the encouraging news is that we're not alone. You see, the story in John's gospel continues. We pick up the action in exactly the same place a week later where we discover, to our great surprise, that very little has changed. In spite of all that had happened the previous week, we read in John 20 verse 26 that the disciples are still behind locked doors. And yet, in spite of that, Jesus comes to them again and stands amongst them again and once again shares with them his message of peace. I'd like to think that the, that the good news of resurrection spurred the disciples into passionate witness straight away, but that's not how it happened the radical promise of Easter needed time to seep into the furrows of fear that were so deeply ingrained in their lives. And so the risen Christ comes to them once more. And he will do so again and again before the gospel is concluded. Which sounds like good news to me. Because let's face it, telling a new story doesn't always come easy for us. Last week we joyfully proclaimed, Christ is risen, Christ is risen indeed. But a week later, little has changed in our lives, which is precisely why we have come to be reminded that Christ is alive and that he comes amongst us still. 
compassionately, patiently, persistently. And as we hear again his words of peace and his commission for us to go and share his ministry with the world, to live out the story in a new way, So bit by bit, the promise of Easter can seep more deeply into our lives. And so I'd urge you, friends, to trust this promise a little bit more today. Trust that the one who holds the keys of death's domain has unlocked those doors of fear in your life that maybe have locked the gospel in. Trust that as you begin to step out into the world to live and to share the good news of resurrection, so you will discover that fear need no longer be the central theme of the story of your life. And in the freedom and the peace that that brings, May the promise of Easter be true for you and may it truly shape your life. Amen.